CSN International presents to every man an answer, the live apologetics program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. If you have a Bible question or a question on the Christian faith, you can call us at 1-888-827-5276. Again, that's 1-888-ASK-CSN. Let's get things started. Here's today's host, Mike Kessler. Hi, and welcome to Wednesday's edition of To Every Man and Answer. So glad you've joined us, as we always are, as we look forward to this time each and every weekday afternoon where we come to you live, answering questions about the Bible from the Bible, looking at current events from a biblical perspective, and also what we hear in church, is it even in the Bible at all? And so if you've got a question you'd like to ask us, someone's asked you a question, or as you read your Bible, you come across something that... Maybe it doesn't make sense or you don't understand. Please call us. That's why we're here. 8888-ASK-CSN is the number to call. You can be part of the program today. Got some lines open, and so you're sure to get on if you call right now. Joining me today, special guest and longtime friend from Calvary Chapel of San Diego Horizon International Fellowship, Mike McIntosh. Hi, and welcome, Mike. Hey, hi, Michael. Thank you again for allowing me to be with you. I enjoy this. Always, always uh, love Mike being with you um, uh, again. I, I, I just, um, you know, a part of, uh, you know, I, I, I did a series in our church called um, When It Doesn't Make Sense. And, you know, when you see things out of the normal, look for God. And, mm-hmm. and uh, whether, in fact, even Mary, uh, 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 the woman at the well, excuse me, the woman at the well, uh, she says, how is it that you're a Jew talking to me as Samaritans? We don't talk to each other. Even she recognized there was something out of the ordinary. But that's right. when you find God. And this is one of the only thing, whether, whether it was Moses and the burning bush, and it didn't burn itself out. That's something you don't see every day. He walks over because he was curious. I believe that so much of how God endeavors to speak to us is out of the ordinary because God's not in a rut. He's not in doldrum, man. He, 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 you know, he goes, watch this, watch this burning bush. It doesn't burn itself out. Or, or uh, Jesus will talk to anybody. Or all the way through the Bible. I mean, even the animals getting on the ark two by two, people watching this going, well, now that's something you don't see every day. I mean, I would have been down there, you know, with, with uh, news cameras going, hey, what what's going on here? You know, you've been working on this thing for a hundred years. We were hoping you'd turn it into a casino, but no, you got animals going on there. What you doing? And I, yeah. I, I really think, Mike, things out of the ordinary, well, you, wherever you seem to go, things out of the ordinary are, are those things that happen, and it's always been such a blessing over the years. I mean, 40 years, just listening to how God has used you in so many different places. Uh, that's a good insight you have there, because most believers, believe it or not, uh, don't see it like that. And I agree 100%, and I think that's one reason I've been able to go around from war zones to negotiating for the release of uh Americans in the Middle East from terrorists and things I would never think of. But when the opportunity uh, uh, comes to us, many people think of why not, why they cannot do this. And you bring up Moses. I did a, a research one time on just what you're talking about. And I realized when you look at the call of God throughout the Bible, from David to Jeremiah uh, to Moses, he called each person uniquely. Moses he said, what is this doing? The bush is burning, but it's not disintegrating. He had a 
really intelligent mind and scientifically was trying to figure something out that he knew was out of the ordinary. So he walked up to the bush. But Jeremiah, he more than likely, he was a preacher's kid, a, a priest's son, and he was probably a teenager. He was just a youth, he said, and he was nervous. And uh, just like a teenager would be, especially with God calling him, and uh, God said, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. David, he was the run of the litter. Everything that looked good to Samuel wasn't what God was looking for. And you're absolutely right. And Mike, you and I both believe in revival. We both were born again in revival and actually in awakening at the time when the Communist Party USA was on the campuses and causing fires and all sorts of shootings and you name it. And that's when just, the Lord just like today. <laughs> the it's just like today, exactly. And now the difference that I see is because I was involved on the other side fighting against the Communist Party leaders uh, in Southern California because I knew many of them, and I rented rooms to some of them in my house, and I found out wherever they were going to go burn a flag or cause a riot on a campus, I would just know where it was and when it was. I'd show up there. When they'd start their thing, then I'd get up and speak. And uh, that's when the Christians grabbed a hold of me and said, are you a Christian? I said, of course I am. I'm an American. But you're right. It's exactly (laughs) the same thing is happening today. And that's exactly why 1970, I had a vision at the end when America was going to go totally dark, that the Lord wanted me to go warn, wake up the church and warn the unsaved. And 2023 is going to be Wake Up America. And uh, you, I'd like to say to your audience, have been just a part of that encouragement, Mike. And to those of you that support CSN, he's supporting me by letting me be with you. I don't have the bucks to be on the radio. And if you support it, you're going to be supporting something that just out of the blue from, you name it, Washington, D.C., maybe 20 key gatherings, uh, the United Nations International Bible Study, Orlando, Miami, all over the Midwest so far, and that's just starting when people hear. So this that you've held on to all these years, Mike, and been a faithful servant, God is using right up to the end, and it's out of the ordinary. God Some does. people are driving their cars, and they're out of the ordinary, saying, what in the world is this? Yep. I know. That's how, but that's for all of us. See, for every one yeah. of us, all you need. Now here, this is so, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Have an mm. eye for things out of the ordinary. When, when mm. something doesn't fit, you're, you're in a store and you see somebody over in, you know, over in an aisle and they got their hand in their face and they're weeping. That's yeah. God. Go, go walk up and yep. say, hey, uh, uh, what's the matter? Can I pray for you? I mean, I mean, you, you'd be surprised how many people are just looking. Um, we, you know, we used to go out on the crew, uh, out on the Las Vegas uh, Boulevard, uh, you know, in, in Las Vegas, um, down on the Strip. Yeah. A bunch of us, we'd yeah. get together and pray. <laughs> and we'd just say, Lord, there's millions of people out here. Who do you want us to talk to? And when we stopped praying, we'd look around, and all of a sudden, we'd see things we didn't see before. And I looked over, and I saw this guy sitting on a on a bus bench, and he had his face in his hands. And I walked up to him, 
Now, here's all these people, but it's like a giant neon hand was pointing at this guy on the bench. And I walked up to him and I just say, hey, man, what's going on? He goes, "Uh, you know, I came out here because I thought I was going to have a good time. And I don't know. It just just doesn't do it for me. And I said, wow, today's your day. And he goes, why is that? And I said, well, I can tell you what what will make your day. And I sat down and I talked to him. and, And you know what's really amazing I just, I just basically said, do you want to accept Christ as your Savior? And he goes, yeah. And I, I keep forgetting, and I think we all do, that the Holy Spirit is working on people right now, right now, yep. to come to him. All we have to do is hand him the invitation. I think it was really weird. I taught on uh, Acts 9 on Sunday morning about where Jesus uh, said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It's hard for you mm-hmm. to kick against the proddings of the Holy Spirit. And he says, who are you, Lord? I'm Jesus, whom you're persecuting. That's it. There wasn't a 90-page dialogue. There wasn't a, a form to fill out or nothing. Matthew Levi, receipt of custom, sitting there every day. Jesus just walks up, gives him a 99-page sermon on how to get saved. No, he looks at him, two words, follow me. He drops everything and follows him. Almost the same. And that's what I believe. The Holy Spirit is alive and well on the planet Earth, already working on people. All we got to do is just say, hey, buddy, do you want to go to heaven? And and, uh, you'd be surprised how many people will simply say yes, because they're fed up with the doldrum, with the coffin, with the ends kicked out. That's called a rut. So amazing things. What you're saying, Mike, is what could bring revival. One of the things that I learned was what you just said. And I learned it in a supermarket, and I was in a line. And being an impatient person, um, I was number five behind a lady that had five children. One was a baby in her arm, and she's holding that baby with her left arm, and she's trying to get her money out of her purse. Two little boys in the basket throwing the cans and boxes out, a little girl holding on to her left leg, a little girl pulling on her right side of her dress. And I'm saying, and say, oh, come on, lady, let's move it. And I look behind me, and there's another five people. And I heard a little voice say what you just said. Michael, why don't you pray for that lady? Well, at that time, we had uh, five children ourselves, and they were all small. And I know what it was for Sandy to go to the store. From that day on, I looked at everything differently. And when I walk into a store now... I go slowly down an aisle, even if I'm not getting something, if there's one or five people, and I'll gently and quietly just pass them and pray for them, not knowing what their needs are. And we're many times in the Christian body, Mike, like the men that that I see men like trees walking and the wind blowing the trees. And uh, he had blurred vision when he said, what do you see now? He got his vision cleared up, but I realized, even though I was a pastor of a huge ministry, I had blurred vision. People were just a crowd. People were just, you know, shopping. They were at the beach. They were skiing, wherever there was people. And then I realized, no, the ministry is 24-7, and uh, I'm teaching Acts right now on Wednesday nights, and I never saw this part before, but all through it, it's people in places with God are used by God in places. And wherever we are at any time of day, that person at the gas pump, that person you just talked about, they they need prayer, even if it's silent prayer, but not to be afraid to walk up to them and say, are you okay? 
Yeah. You hit yeah. a nail on your head. Yeah. And I, I really believe that that, that and, and like I say, I don't care whether you've been a Christian a day or you've been a Christian for 50 years, you're always learning. You always learn. Uh, that's just the way God does. Well, let's go ahead and go to the phones. We have Roger on the line, Marble, uh, Cal, uh, Marble, Minnesota, from yesterday. Thanks for calling back. Hi, Roger. Hi. Uh, thank you for calling, uh, for getting back on. Um, my situation is uh, my uh, neighbor's brother um, is well-read in philosophy and things like that, and it seems like he's uh, delving into theosophy and, and that stuff. I was witnessing to him. And he was very receptive, but uh, he is still hanging on to that stuff. Um, he had developed atrial fibrillation. And in fact, uh, one day he had followed me back from Grand, Grand Rapids, which was about 20 minutes away, to Marble. And he stopped and he told me about this atrial fibrillation. Anyway, uh, a few maybe about a week or so later, he had gone into the hospital. He had, uh, um, you know, some. Um, some problems. And while there, he had blacked out when the um, medical staff was working on him. And um, he came to afterwards, and he had told the staff that he had watched everything they did. He walked, he uh, um, said everything that they were doing, and this one nurse was just aghast, saying that, how could you do that? You can't, everything was exactly what we did. And, uh, then he had gone to his sister, my neighbor, and told her about the whole thing. And he and the, the point I'm concerned about is he says that it's nothing to worry about. It was so peaceful. You don't have to worry. Everything was fine. Everything was fine. And he experienced this. And I can't deny that, you know, and, and come and say, tell him that, ah, you're you don't know what you're talking about and stuff like that. He's I got to accept the fact that he uh, experienced this. But how do I witness to him now? Well, it, first of all, he wasn't all the way dead. He was just partly dead. Uh, 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 and huh. and so, you know, this is one of the things that we find. Um, uh, and, and there's many stories like this. Mike, your thoughts? Well, let's remember this, Roger. He had fentanyl in his system. He had all sorts of drugs so that he could not feel what was going on. Now, he may have had an experience where he could talk it back to them. Uh, The danger, like uh, Mike just brought out, is that if he's thinking that you die and it's peaceful, then he's being deceived. And if it were me uh, and, and I were there and you were that person, I'd say, isn't it wonderful that God didn't let you die, but let you feel his peace that was passing all understanding, because you never had peace like this. And then just go from there to Jesus. The devil likes to throw, uh, the Padres are playing right now in San Diego against the Phillies for the uh, World Series, who's going to go. And the devil likes to throw curveballs, and he likes to distract people. And he was close to death, but he found peace. And if he were experiencing death, Without Jesus, he's not going to find any peace. It's going to be torment. So he was close. I would put it back into his court and tell him God was there because he is the prince of peace. And you felt his peace keeping you from death so that you wouldn't perish for eternity. 
And I just go in that route of sharing the love of God and sharing the simplicity of you must be born again. Amen. And uh, just, I, I, again, I think there's a, a wonderful beauty in keeping it simple. And uh, yeah. stay in the line, Roger, uh, and I'll send you uh, God of Wonders. It'll touch him. And a little book I wrote called Time to Grow. And in that little book, uh, I just cover the basics of salvation. And it's also a great little book if you're looking for a church because it covers really the basics of what you need uh, when you're looking for a fellowship. And uh, one that teaches uh, through the Bible, not just favorite s- sermons and topics. Because the thing is, is that our all of our lives are very wide range. We all have different things going on in our life. But if all I'm being yeah. taught is, you know, how to stay happy in a trial, when I really don't know what to do about the trial, I'm going to walk out of church imbalanced. So I want to know how I stay happy in the trial. Well, you got to trust Jesus. Yeah, but in, in trusting Jesus... Is there those times of fear? Yeah, there is. But that's when we grow up in our faith. So, Roger, stay on line. We'll get you taken care of, okay? Okay, thank you much. Yeah, I think he'll really like it. Watch it first, and then you can talk to him or invite him over for a pizza and watch it together or whatever. God of Wonders is excellent. You'll really, really like it. It's not a talking head. It's done like National Geographic or something like that would have made it on uh, the the intelligent design of all the things that we see. Stay in line. We'll get you taken care of. Let's go to Todd in Oregon. Hi, welcome. In Matthew 28, Jesus was speaking to Peter and the other 10 disciples, and he told them the proper way to baptize. He said, baptize in the name singular of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, one name. And then Peter took those instructions and didn't parrot Jesus, didn't uh, repeat the words of Jesus. Jesus didn't say, repeat my words. He baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And so did Paul. That's my first thing. And you, you've said baptizing those titles. And also you said that the, na- the word or the title, Father, is actually a name. Can you find me anyone on the planet who's ever been named father? My dad. My dad. I call my dad father. I never called him by Mr. Kessler. I always called him father or dad. That's more of a noun to me than anything because it speaks of a personal relationship. Now, one place you're missing in his book, Acts 19, Paul says, since you believed, have you been filled with the spirit? And they said, we don't even know about such any such Holy Spirit. Paul says, well, then how were you baptized? Because you would have been baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This idea, now, I, I, I don't have anything against Todd. Please don't misunderstand me, anybody listening. If you get baptized in Jesus' name, that's fine. Where the problem comes in is where they say there is no Heavenly Father, there is no Holy Spirit, there's just Jesus only. That's where the heresy comes in because again, John, first John two twenty two says, He that denies the Father and the Son hath the spirit of Antichrist. That is a serious indictment. But as far as a person, whether they're born, uh, baptized in Jesus' name, because here's the bottom line in the name of means by the authority of. And it's by God's authority we baptize anybody. I think it's really weird a lot of people get all hung up on the name. 
when really it's by the authority of God. And going back to the Old Testament, to convert from Judaism, or excuse me, from, from a pagan religion to Judaism, the first thing you would do is renounce your pagan deity. Number two, you would embrace Yahweh as your God. And number three, you would take a ceremonial washing. This is what made John the Baptist's ministry so unusual because John the Baptist came to the Jewish nation saying, you Jewish nation, you need to take a ceremonial washing because they had believed that they had inherited their righteousness from Father Abraham and they would always flaunt this at Jesus or Moses taught us. The thing is, this is where where John the Baptist was calling the nation of Israel to really accept the Lord, not just to believe you were uh, born in a tribe and now all of a sudden you're, you're a, of, of something. So I, 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 as, as, you know, I, like I say, I baptize people in Jesus name, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Uh, but it's by the authority of God that we baptize anyone. And that was the commission. Mm-hmm. Mike, your thoughts. Well, Todd, there's three verses that have always blessed my heart. As you said, you, would like to find somebody say anywhere they could find Father. But in Mark, Romans, and Galatians, all three, and in that sequence, you've got the Lord speaking, then you've got the Apostle Paul speaking, who baptized, and then you've got in Galatians where there's an issue uh, between the law and legalism and the freedom and liberty comes with the gospel. Uh, Jesus said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto you. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. Now, the word Abba, having been many times to Israel and uh, led many, many uh, tour groups, uh, I always was amazed in my very first trip when I heard the little children saying to their fathers, Abba, Abba. And how they said Abba showed their relationship. And um, this is a very personal, touching word for Father. And Jesus used that. In Romans, Paul said, For we have received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption. You've been adopted. Uh, Whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Now, we have a son who has an adopted son. And he loves that boy. And we love him as much as we love our 30 other grandchildren. And yet, when he calls his father, daddy, dad, or uh, still a young kid, doesn't use the word father quite a bit, there's a personal endearment. And you erase father, and you erase one of the beautiful things of God's relationship with you and him. Now, I'm from Oregon. And uh, as you know, it's a big state for alcoholism, and my father was an alcoholic and abusive. I never called him father, didn't know him that well, wasn't close to him. But because in Galatians it says, you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. And so we cry out like Jesus, Abba, the most intimate name for father, if there's another way I could get away from this, this cup passing for me, but nevertheless, I want to do your will. And that's a very precious thing to think that you could cry out to God in heaven and call him Abba, Daddy. 
It's saying, I love you. You mean so much to me. Hope that helps, Todd. Okay, well, I, I can respond to that. I would call the President of the United States, Mr. President. His name is Joe. Jesus Christ's title is God, Father, and Holy oh, Ghost. Oh, no, 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 no. Hold it, hold it, hold it. I believe you're in what's called the oneness doctrine, right? No, I'm not. Yes. I'll tell you why. Let me respond to that. Okay. Because uh, the Bible says that Jesus came, or the Father came down in the form of a man. So he uses the word So form. you're saying that Jesus <laughs> is the Father, there's no heavenly Father. That, who was Jesus praying to when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane? He was praying That's to right. his father, just like a prophet would, because he was a prophet. Also, he was God. So he was, was he praying to himself? Yes, in a sense, in a sense. But he, he's an example for us to pray to our father. Oh, so that, the, the issue in the garden was only as, as an example to show us the way we're supposed to pray. So really, really, uh, that was kind of a show or an act so that we would know what to do when we're in trouble, that we would go and call. And so the disciples, the ones that, uh, well, they fell asleep, but the when they were awake enough to record what we read, uh, that, that I don't see that. In fact, in fact, Jesus said in that uh, when he was baptized, there was a voice from heaven. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Was Jesus bouncing his voice off of a cloud to impress everybody? And then the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove came down and rested upon him. See, the, the problem is here, we, have, we start with a triune God in Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. That is plural for God. It's not singular. It's plural. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Angels are not procreative. He wasn't talking to the angels. Angels had nothing to do with creation. But he said, let us make man in our image. It's interesting. We're a triune being as well. We're a body, mind, and a spirit. The Bible says the spirit died in man when he ate of the tree that's why Jesus said in John 3, you must be born again. But the problem is, is that when the body uh, 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 has no spirit to tell it to stop drinking, it'll do whatever it wants to do. The mind has no control of the body. You can ask an alcoholic, do, do you want to stop drinking? Oh, yeah, I, I need to stop drinking. Will they stop drinking? No. Why? Because they're hooked up. Because their body has fleshly appetites that their mind cannot stop. That's why we need to be ruled by the Spirit. We're a triune being. Our Father, Holy Spirit, and Jesus Christ. Those comprise of what we know of, of, the, of the Trinity of God. So, Todd, I, I, that's about all we can say on it. Um, there, there's just too many verses that says that Jesus is not the only one, that there is the Father and the Holy Spirit, and thank God for that. Coming up on a break, everyone, I hope that, uh, hope that answers it for you. We'll be right back. Can you imagine getting your college degree and graduating debt-free? Sound crazy? Here's great news. Calvary Chapel University is offering a 25% tuition scholarship on your entire degree program. And with this unique scholarship, you have a realistic way to graduate debt-free. Calvary Chapel University is one of the most affordable Christian universities in the United States. And it's fully accredited and 100% online. So you can study whenever and wherever you want. 
Calvary Chapel University offers bachelor's degrees and master's in biblical studies with an emphasis in biblical counseling, Christian education, and more. And with solid teachers like Skip Heitzig and David Guzik involved, you can be sure you're getting sound doctrine. This scholarship offer is available for a limited time. Find out more at calvarychapeluniversity.edu. That's calvarychapeluniversity.edu. Apply today. Some countries are renowned for their strategic location, their great size, their climate and natural resources, or their industrial and manufacturing capability and capacity. Israel is not known for any of these things, yet there is no other nation in the world that stirs men's hearts like the mention of the nation of Israel. In the DVD, The Miracle Called Israel, you'll learn how God has appointed this small nation to be His prophetic timepiece and what time it is currently for the world. The Miracle Called Israel can be ordered for a contribution of $20 plus shipping and handling. You can call 1-800-546-8731 or visit CSN Radio. And we want to welcome you back to part two of Tabry Man and Answer here on this Wednesday afternoon with Mike McIntosh. And uh, really quick, I, I want to clarify a verse I gave there uh, uh, that we that we find because again, um, it's found in First John and First uh, John chapter two, and uh, it's uh, verse twenty two. Who is a liar? But he who denies that Jesus is the Christ, he is antichrist who denies the Father and. The Son, very clearly in the Greek, speaking of two separate individuals right there. So just something for um, everybody's um, consideration. Let's go to... uh, Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, I wanted your comments on that because, you know, I, 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 for a while, went to a a oneness church that didn't believe in the Father and the Holy Spirit, that it was all just Jesus only. And um, it, it, it really... I, Genesis one one makes no sense. And in the beginning, Elohim made the heavens and the earth. Um, how how do you how do you get around that? Well, what I was um, noticing is so important for the listeners to be t- teachable. Uh, and if they're not, and they just want to argue, they're wasting a lot of precious time that they have to just argue over some. It's a distraction. Uh, when you pointed out, I was listening and writing down all the verses that you quoted, and it's so important to be teachable. And you mentioned when the program started, if you're a baby Christian or you've been walking with the Lord 50 years, that we should always learn. And I'm over that 50 years, and I am amazed at the things that I see and I know. And being a fatherless child, I know that I needed Jesus. I just, I knew it, and the night that a bag went over my head and a guy stuck a gun to my head and I knew I was going to be killed, I knew, I I just knew, and I cried out to Jesus, and he interceded. 
And it took me two years to recover from what happened that night, but it happened in an instant at a men's prayer meeting, and that was the Holy Spirit. And so I met the Holy Spirit in a miraculous healing after I was a baby Christian of just a few weeks at the most. But then I got to know God, the Father, and I was afraid of the Father image. And I got to know him through the Bible, reading it five and six hours a day and memorizing scriptures for years and years. And so I see God's wisdom that there is a Father, a Son, and the Holy Spirit. And if you were to say there's no Son and no Spirit— then how can we really say we know God? Because our scientists are the only ones that we have contact with that tell us the size of the universe. And now, and this week on the Internet, there's all sorts of uproar that we've been measuring how fast the space uh, is expanding, the universe, that they're saying now that it's possible everything we thought about in space isn't real. Well, God knows everything. I wouldn't see him as my Abba, my daddy, if I have to understand all these other things, my little boys didn't understand everything, but they loved me and they trusted me. But he made Jesus come down in the flesh, and it says God was in Christ Jesus on the cross reconciling the world to himself. I can understand that. But Jesus, if you've seen me, he said, you've seen the Father. I think that's pretty clear. And now I'm a tour I'm knowing God through the Bible. I'm knowing Jesus through my experience and how he walked, and this is how I will walk. But then the Spirit comes along, and he, you started the show off with this. The things that are out of the ordinary are the things that God is wanting to get their attention with. And we need that Spirit, and we need Jesus, the Son. But we need the Father also. But they are three in one. Yep. Uh, and I don't know how you can have three in one, but I think— uh... Probably eggs a good illustration. You have the shell, you have the yolk, and you have the white part. Uh, you, if you take any one of those parts away, you no longer have an egg. You might have an omelet, but you don't have an egg. Uh, and yeah. each part is is equally as important as every other part. Yet together they do something um, that that all of it can be called an egg. An egg shell is still an egg. A yolk is still an egg. The white part still an egg. Um, but even then, I don't know, Mike, that we'll truly understand that Jesus himself said he will be seated at the right hand of the father. Uh, so, you know, we, we, we can't, you can't say that, that there's just Jesus only that, that violates, you got to get your felt marker out and be marking out so much of the Bible, because again, Jesus said, I don't do anything. I don't see my father in heaven doing. Uh, he wasn't talking of a abstract image of himself in heaven. He was talking about his father yeah. in heaven. And I, yeah. I really believe we have to uh, do that. Again, going back to First um, John 2, um, 22, uh, if you deny both, you're in a lot of trouble. And I wouldn't do that. Uh, and, you know, I, I really look at this uh, again as... Uh, I, I like I tell people, I don't if somebody drives in the name of the Father, Son and Holy Ghost in the name of means by the authority of um, the but to say the name of, of the Father and the Holy Spirit is Jesus. That is wrangling scripture into the stratosphere to make it say that yeah. when the rest of the Bible says that is not the case. 
And this is where now, cults come along. They take a verse, yeah. a couple of verses, build whole, whole theologies upon it, completely disregarding the verses that go against what they're saying. And that's where we have to be very, very careful, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, again, uh, when the Bible says precept upon precept, line upon line, the precept is what does the rest of the, the scriptures talk about as an example, heaven or who God is, or these kinds of things. The line upon line reinforces those precepts. But you're going to find that whether it's it's what's heaven like, what uh, what is sin, all those things, uh, we have to look at all of the verses that pertain to that topic to understand what that is speaking of. Well, when you again, when you come to First uh, John two twenty two and and uh, you know, very clearly, read it in the Greek, man. It's two separate images. There's no way around yeah. it. You can't <laughs> go around that. So anyway, hope that answered it for you. Todd, stay alive. We'll say yes. Books, DVDs, if you're still there. Let's go to Brian, Yuma, Arizona. Excuse me, Yuma, Colorado. Wow. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've had a call from Yuma, Colorado before. Hi, Brian. Hi. Um, yeah, I have a quick question. Um, my daughter has gotten some bad influences school she goes to public school and here recently she's thinking that she might be gay and uh i just wondered what how to go about talking to her and and where where i should look in the bible for that i mean we've she we've gone to the lutheran church and i we're in the process of we'd like to find a baptist church but um, our our best pastor that we have for a long time has moved. But anyways, I just wondered uh, what your thoughts were as to how to go about showing her the right way biblically. Well, Romans chapter 1 is, is very clear. It's in the New Testament. It's after uh, Jesus had ascended to heaven. The church had begun. The Holy Spirit had fallen on everybody. And very clearly you find in uh, Romans uh, chapter 1, the outline, because just as the Romans or the Gentiles were wrestling with their identities, Paul writes, well, I believe the writer was Paul. There's other people believe it. somebody else. It doesn't matter. The point is, is that uh, the writer was trying to help them get out of a completely awash mentality culture that was destroying them. And and eventually, I believe it did destroy the Roman culture. Uh, they were never conquered. Their borders were overran. But uh, the, the parallels are interesting because when you forget who you are as a people, uh, then you begin to believe lies, which then morally weaken the nation, which then leaves you vulnerable to to invading armies, if you will. And and I, I see the picture happening right now in the United States. There's there's no way around it. You, you can't assimilate 4 million people in two years and not have it affect every aspect. I, I feel bad for a lot of these kids graduating from high school. Uh, um, all the houses that they would have probably bought or moved into have been taken up by illegals. They have to live someplace. And and it's sad because we're seeing we're seeing such a because graduated immigration is what our laws were set around, not just open the gates and let everybody charge in. That, that's fool's wisdom. But that's what we have running right now. Everything, because here's the problem. 
you you can only support as much as your infrastructure will support. You can support people coming into your nation as the nation gets bigger, stronger, but you dump 4 million people into any culture. It's going to affect the price of everything, not to mention when you've got a printing press running wide open with no gold or silver to back it up. You think inflation is bad now? Wait till it turns to hyperinflation and a global recession, friends, that we're causing. Man, I'll tell you something. We're, people say, well, it can't happen. It happened to Germany. And I, I one of our listeners actually sent me some notes uh, where uh, they, Germany was printing, and, and it was a one million mark bill. Instead of a dollar, it was one million marks. Because inflation was so bad, they would pay their employees five times a day because inflation was going up by the hour. The women would quickly grab their their money. They would go down to the stores in wheelbarrows, and people would actually dump the money out on the street and steal the wheelbarrows. That's how crazy uh, it can get. Well, this is... uh, History repeats itself, and when people refuse to learn from the past, they're doomed to repeat the future in the future. So, Mike, your thoughts? Brian, the most important thing you can do is to show your daughter in your voice and what you tell her, even if you stumble, that you love her. A daddy's love is the most important thing for her. And not that you're condemning her or putting her down. She's wanting to know. You used the words I wrote down, thinking she might be. Well, she's not. She's heard this because government has allowed it to be taught in schools. And kids are always looking when they're kids. And when they're teenagers and pre-teenagers, the hormones are changing. And they get deceived easily. And it used to be, it was promiscuity, but now today it's anything. And this is why I'm saying what you say are probably the most influential words that anybody has in her life. So I I want to encourage you as a fellow daddy that you do it gently. You understand her inquisitiveness. You're not judging her, but it is an acquired experience. You're not born that way. No matter what anybody says, God doesn't make mistakes. It says he made them male and female. The two shall become one. In fact, from the very beginning, God spoke about the nations around the Jews as they're going through the wilderness, that these kind of things were abominable in his eyes. And um, there's two places you could show her, and that is uh, Romans 1, like Mike just said, because it tells women— Lusting after women and men lusting after men explains it. And then in Galatians 5.19 tells us the works of our flesh. And it talks about sexual immorality. And any sex outside of marriage is immorality. God said that we should be virgins and that we should save ourselves for one another when we find the right husband, the right wife. So do some research in the scriptures. If you have a cross-reference Bible, You'll find things easily. I say go to uh, blueletterbible.com and just type in Romans 1. And then as you come down to the part about in the last days, 
homosexuality will be raging, it'll give you cross-references that you can go to and find a hundred other verses about it and history books that will speak about it. But whatever you say, say it in love and not condemnation. And God will speak to her heart. Amen. And hug her. Hug her. Yeah. Amen. Hope that helps, Brian. Yep. Thank you very much. You know, again, because see, see the, the, the and the reason I kind of went off a little bit, and I apologize for that, but the thing is, our our whole moral standard in America is gone. It's not like yeah. it was in the fifties. Not like it was even in the in the early sixties. It's gone. It's gone. There's no reference points, uh, and mm-hmm. and it, it, this is where I believe the problem is. And again. The uh, Hollywood's attack on the father image, I believe, because God, Jesus wants us to relate to uh, God in heaven as a father. Uh, uh, the, the attack on fathers. You, you look at uh, Father Knows Best, the the uh, sitcoms that were in the early 60s. Uh, Andy Griffith Show, My Three Sons, Father Knows Best. Dad always had the right answer. Not anymore. Dad's the stupidest person in the room. A smart aleck 13-year-old kid knows way more than his dad knows. And so this is one of the problems. And so America has been seduced through Hollywood. You know, you you hear about gun violence and take away guns. Hollywood's the one that's teaching everybody the illicit use of guns. Look look at what they, you can't watch any show on TV where they're not gunning everybody down. It's Hollywood. Hollywood is the problem, friends. It's like a pipeline into hell. I don't know how you could get any more of it. And that's what's happening because they attack everything. And since we have no moral standards, we have no moral anchors. Well, I I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm a goldfish today. I, I feel like a goldfish. I guess I'm a goldfish. There's actually classes here in Idaho where I'm serious. Now, I don't mean to make anybody squeamish on this. They have litter boxes, litter boxes in the bathroom in case you feel like you're a cat today so you can squat in the litter box. I'm serious. In public schools. And they want more of our money. Well, I'll tell you something. You're sure doing a doggone terrible job of using it because they feel like a cat today. Or tomorrow they might feel like a dog or whatever. See, there's no standard. And so now anything goes. So, Brian, you're going to have to be the daddy and the moral compass for your daughter um, and represent yeah. your her heavenly father as close to her as you can as an earthly father. And don't let the standard of, a, of bad fathers on TV influence her, her thoughts. But you love her and you show her that you care. And I, I believe... Uh, you, you can communicate that to her because you you got to remember that the minute she walks out of your house, she's walking into a to a world where the moral compass is completely broke off. It's gone, and and it, it has gotten worse and worse. And, and now we America doesn't even know what bathroom to go into anymore. So that's how bad it is. Brian, our prayers are with you. I'll send you some books, some DVDs. Okay. Thank you. I think you'll really enjoy them, and maybe you can sit down with her and get a pizza with her or something and watch them. I think you'll enjoy it. God of Wonders, Evolution versus God, Time to Grow, and 101 Last Days Prophecies. We'll get those out to you. Let's go to Chris in Washington. I welcome. Hi. My uh, question question is, 
um, uh, do you believe or what do you think um, about the Sabbath uh, representing the um, thousand year millennial reign of Christ? Or, or does it? Or, or I think not, it's or, a pretty good picture of it. I, I do. I, your thoughts, Mike? Well, it does, the Bible doesn't come out and say that. It would be a, a supposition on our part. We can put a picture together and say, this is a period of rest. Uh, but it, the Bible doesn't say this is his Right, Sabbath. right. That's right. But it, it is it is a possible picture of it, like I said. You got 6,000 exactly. years and then a 7,000th uh, rest, uh, uh, which it appears that this is pretty close to um, the way the world is right now on the Jewish calendar. What What's the Jewish calendar year right right now, Mike? Five, uh, 700? Five, seven, seven, nine or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So, but, but anyway, um, Chris, I, 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 yeah, it's an interesting thought. Is there a reason why you ask? Yeah, because I, I never really understood, um, the purpose of the millennial reign. I mean, I get, I, I, I understand that it is for the Jews. Um, but I, I guess really the number kind of stumped me, um, because I do believe that nothing is in the Bible that, you know, is just there by chance. Um, so I was, thinking about it and kind of one day when I was reading it um, kind of a thought came into my mind where um, that it, it does seem like the Jews are going to be the anointed ones, you know, through the tribulation. So they will go into the millennial reign. So the millennial reign, I guess you could say would be for the Jews. And I guess the thousand year mark um, kind of represented in my mind what the Sabbath would be for us? Well, there's going to be more than just the Jews go into the millennial reign. Anybody that has not taken the mark of the beast, Gentiles uh, in particular, will will go into the millennial reign of Christ. Your thoughts, Mike? Well, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because, um, Chris, you said you're not sure what else it means, but it means quite a bit, actually, because Jesus is actually going to be here and he's going to set up his reign in Jerusalem. And at the end of a thousand years, Satan, who's going to have a huge chain around his ankle and he's going to be put down into the bowels of the earth, he's going to be released. And he's going to come out on the earth. And Isaiah says during that period of time, uh, a baby, a child shall be a hundred years old. So the the atmosphere is going to be changed. The weather and the climate is going to be hospitable to human beings, and that's why I think longevity will be going on. But at the end of it is where we see why it went on. With all that went well, with all the people that have come back with Jesus that have been in human form and now have their new heavenly body, and they shall reign on the earth with him, still people who have the genetic code in them of humans if they don't turn to Jesus, even though they've lived with him for a thousand years, they'll go after the devil. And so I think a big picture is that the judge of all is showing how patient and how loving he is with all of us, and that he is justified in his judgment against mankind. Not because he's mean, but mankind 
has evil in his heart continually. And I think that is a big part of the picture, that we will see the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ reigning on the earth and everything being perfect, and then a new heaven and the new earth. And, you know, the other part of it, too, very quickly, it goes right along with that, is people say, well, the reason men do bad things is because they've had bad experiences in their life. Imagine living in a perfect environment, perfect food, perfect government, perfect everything, the world restored, if you will, back to a Garden of Eden type of setting, and man still rebels against God. It shows and it proves, I believe that part of the the millennial reign of Christ is to prove to all of humanity that it's not within man to live righteously. We are, we are born with an old sin nature. We don't, when we sin, it doesn't make us sinners. It proves what we are, and there's a big difference. Uh, and and sure. so I, 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 I hope that answers it for you, Chris. It does. That was great. Thank you. God bless you, Chris. Stay online. Send you out a couple of books, a couple of DVDs I think you'll enjoy. Let's go to Steve in Kansas. Hi, and welcome. Oh, thank you, for, uh, pastors. It's, uh, it's uh, always... Uh, it's always waiting for the time for you guys to come on. Anyway, what I've uh-huh. got is uh, I just sent in for uh, uh, a reply for uh, the CDC for childhood vaccinations that they're trying to shove through the schools, you know, and uh, with the uh, mRNA, uh, you know, the shot risk is always uh, – a risk factor or adverse effects. You yeah, know, there's a lot of lawsuits it. right now uh, because of the side effects of the vaccinations. And that's this right. vaccination that they're trying to give everybody is for the original one that's long gone now. Uh, it makes no sense. Uh, there's something, wh- whenever I see something this blatant and weird, I know something's wrong. I- I'm, I'm not a big conspiracy theorist, but I'll tell you something. Obviously, something isn't right. Uh, and, um, my dad always had a saying, if it doesn't make sense, it doesn't make sense. And I said, what do you mean by that? And he says, well, if it doesn't make sense, like in other words, everybody's forced to get a vaccination, even though the thing is long gone, um, it doesn't make sense. Well, that's because there's more to the story than you know, and that's why you can't figure it out quite often. I hate to say it sinister. Your thoughts, Mike. Yeah. You can't make sense out of nonsense. Yeah, for sure. So uh, this is a very short story, very quick. I have a friend that was a pilot during the Vietnam War, and he told me at lunch the other day, uh, at Christmas time, that uh, he had a second target. His whole team had a second target if China came into the war. And he said, do you want to know what my target was? And I said, if it's not top secret, I, I don't mind. He said, no, it's declassified. He said, well, it was a military lab inside of China that made chemical and biological welfare warfare items and they said you want to know where it was i said i don't mind he said there's a town called wuhan wow that's in 1968 that was on the target to be destroyed and yet we financed it and we financed dr yes we did and um uh yeah crazy stuff 
We're out of time. Steve, stay in line. Send you out a couple books, a couple of DVDs. Thanks for the heads up. Thanks, Mike, for being on. Ernest Randy calls back. We'll pitch on first thing. God bless you. Good to night. find out more about this ministry or to receive a copy of today's program, please call 1-800-357-4226 or write us to Every Man and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226. Subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes by searching for To Every Man and Answer in the iTunes store or visit us online at csnradio.com slash T-E-M-A. To Every Man and Answer is a production of CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. The opinions expressed by our guests may or may not be those of CSN International or of this station. 